It's a new day and opportunity is in the air. This is Philip with Soul Insights and you are tuned in to Good Morning Market, where everyday businesses are empowered to lead the market with the latest in market news, insights, and strategy. Hello, everybody, and a belated Merry Christmas uh, to those who have not already told. Um, it's been a great 2023 on the whole. It's been um, a lot of ups and downs and all arounds like you would expect in business and, and leading a business. But uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, also, uh, Christmas uh, is is the reason why I didn't release a episode on Monday. I decided to push it back one day, figuring that uh, you know, as awesome as this podcast is, that most of y'all want to spend time with family instead of uh, streaming a podcast. So that's why we had the one day delay. Um, a lot to cover after the episode, so stay tuned. But going right into the um, conversation with Anna, um, for those of y'all who are familiar with the the market around coastal Georgia, the Savannah metro area where I call home, um, it's an interesting um, lessons to be learned from any part of the country in which you're living. But uh, there's been a lot of cool developments over the past uh, couple years starting with the mega news of a mega site coming to the coastal Georgia region, the Hyundai Meta plant, um, and all of the fallout from that. Billions of dollars being invested into a region that was already, you know, a successful mid-sized market known for, um, you know, the the Georgia ports and being, a you know, a, a big port on the East Coast. Also, um, a couple key manufacturers and you know education hubs. Not like there wasn't a lot of economic activity going on in the coastal region before Hyundai, but now that Hyundai has come, it is transforming the entire region into a major uh, manufacturing and logistics hub. The problem is, is you're going to have to have a lot of transformation to be able to actually absorb and um, fully support the community supporting all this investment properly with how this this the needs that are now pressed upon us in the here and now. So you need leaders to be able to put that together to be able to develop and transform this region into being able to um, support the needs of all this investment. And that's where Anna Chafin comes in. Really excited to speak with her today about um, what she's been doing and then more importantly what we're doing now in the near future going into 2024 on how to develop this uh, this region to uh, properly handle all this new opportunity and growth. Once again, stay tuned for some really important episode, uh, sorry, really important announcements at the end of this episode. But for now, let's do the market roundup and then let's get right into the conversation with Anna. have one good piece of news for y'all to finish up the year on a good new uh, good note. I know a lot of times I kind of give y'all some concerning uh, stuff, but I want to keep y'all abreast of opportunities and threats in the economy around you. But from this week's uh, market roundup, we're going to the Wall Street Journal. The headline is prices fell in November for the first time since 2020. Inflation is approaching the Fed target. The Reserve, Federal Reserve is winning its fight over inflation, boosting American spirits and offering greater reassurances that the U.S. economy can avoid a recession while bringing prices under control. The Fed's preferred inflation measure, the Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, fell 0.1% in November from the previous month, the first decline since April of 2020, the Commerce Department said Friday. Prices were up 2.6% on the year, not far from the Fed's 2% target. 
Core prices, which exclude volatile food and energy costs, rose just 1.9% on a six-month annualized basis, suggesting the Fed is well on its way to reaching the target. Consumers, after dealing with crushing price increases and recession fears over the past two years, are adopting a sunnier outlook. A measure of consumer sentiment from the University of Michigan uh, released Friday rose 14% to a five-month high in December from the previous month as households brought down their expectations for inflation next year. That, folks, is your Market Roundup for the week. Folks, if you've been following the podcast, you know that coastal Georgia is one of the hottest economic centers in the United States. We've had some some big, um, big, big current shifting moves happen economically in this region. Um, we have a lot of stuff happening with manufacturing, logistics, the the ports. It's really cool to to really talk about the region in which I call home, in which the this podcast and my company calls home, and. There's the thing is there's there's good things about this. This is all good news. But then there's there's actually a lot of work to be done. So as we're looking towards 2024, we're getting ready to turn the page. We're on that final paragraph of that final page of 2023. I wanted to bring on my next guest with me to discuss what is the actual follow through and and how this growth affects us and how we actually fully benefit and capitalize upon this growth. So that means I need to bring in Anna Chafin with me today. Anna joined the Development Authority of Bryan County as Chief Executive Officer in back in November of 2013. Uh, she's been doing this for a little while now. She's worked in economic development in coastal Georgia for almost 20 years. Uh, Anna has held various leadership positions in the Georgia Economic Developers Association, including chairing the organization in 2017. She was originally appointed to the Georgia Student Finance Commission by Governor Nathan Deal, and Governor Brian Kemp reappointed her for a second term, which she is currently serving. She is also a past chair of the GSFC board and the El Sega Alumni Association. Back in 2022, Anna received the GEDA Rip Willie Award, or is it Rip Wiley? Rip Wiley. There you go. I thought it might be Wiley. That sounds better. The GEDA <laughs> Rip Wiley Award for Professional Excellence and the Emerging Leader Award from the Southeast Georgia Leadership Forum. Anna and her husband, Justin, live with their 11-year-old son, Samuel, and Richmond Hill, same neck of the woods as me. Anna, welcome to Good Morning Market. How are you doing today? Thanks so much, Philip. It's great to be with you. It's great to be with you, too. So I got to meet um, Anna uh, with leadership, Bryan County. I got to meet her over in Pembroke, and she was given a presentation about um, a, a lot of great things happening in coastal Georgia, even more specifically Bryan County. And um, I, I believe I was one of the you know first people to to hear, and, and there was this big buildup of anticipation, and then boom, here comes an announcement that Hyundai is coming to Bryan County after a lot of hard work from Anna and her colleagues. Um, really cool that now we are. That was you know uh, about a year and a half ago at this point, and now we are really we got to get the shovels in the ground and actually really start to build this thing and all the needs and demands that come with that. Um, as I look at your shovel, uh, honorary shovel in the background. But let's take a step back. Obviously, there's a lot of we want to cover in that conversation. It's going to be a lot of fun. Anna, you grew up in coastal Georgia. Um, my home is in coastal Georgia. I, I'm born and raised in this area. What's a crucial part of the coast that you grew up with? It, it's imperative to preserve, though, as this region transforms. 
So I did grow up in Glen County. I'm a product of the public schools there. And I believe that the educational and social foundation that I got really set me on the path for success later in life. Not only did I receive a, a quality education there, but I had the opportunity to play team sports. Mm -hmm. And I think that that opportunity to play team sports allowed me to work with people from all different walks of life. And mm -hmm. that has certainly been very applicable to me throughout my career in economic development. Mm -hmm. I have a son, as you mentioned earlier, Samuel, he's 11 years old. He's in sixth grade at Richmond Hill Middle School. And my husband and I are blessed that he is getting a quality education from Bryan County Schools, which is one of the top performing schools in our state. Mm -hmm. And I believe that one of the main things we need to try to preserve here in our region are our public schools because mm -hmm. we need to put a priority on public school education because public schools are educating our future workforce. Mm -hmm. And we need to make sure that our schools have the ability to train and educate these students for careers after high school. Yes, that's a great point. It's not what I, I thought you'd answer with, but, you know, schools are uh, their community pillars, their community foundation. Um, and, and if you can't scale your schools as a community, inevitably has more folks join the community, it grows, it needs to be able to do the same thing as well, but at a greater scale. Places like Bryan uh, County, Georgia, which actually currently have a, a pretty strong reputation in terms of public education, you need to be able to retain that that sense of community, but also that that excellence that um, has been shown in, for example, Bryan County as you then scale it out and, and more people come to the area. So that's a, that's a great point. I didn't really think we were going to go that route, but it makes a lot of sense and it, it fits right in with the conversation that we're going to be having today. Um, and by the way, uh, you took that hardball uh, really well. Usually I give somebody a real easy one just to warm up, but we went right into what needs to stay the same with all the growth. So I appreciate you you tackling that one with me. So let me now take it to economic development. Um, I looked at your background, was doing all my intel on Anna Chafin. I was getting ready to have this conversation. And you've been in economic development-related positions and government relations through the majority of your career, it seems. How did you end up uh, in that career path? Well, like most people in economic development, I fell into it. I went to Mercer University, graduated in 2000 have a Bachelor of Arts degree in communication, a minor in English and business. And right out of college, I went to work for an architecture and engineering firm, and I was a marketing coordinator. Well, I was there for a couple of years and really had a desire to get back to Southeast Georgia. And so fortunately, an opportunity opened up at Fort Stewart for me to work there and be a public relations coordinator for a period of time. And after being there for a while, I decided I wanted to explore other opportunities. And so I was reading a hard copy of the Coastal Courier newspaper back in 2004. And I saw a job posting for a director of marketing and recruitment at the Liberty County Development Authority. And I thought the job responsibilities looked interesting. So I applied and I got the job. And after being there for about eight years, I really developed a passion for economic development. I knew that's where I wanted to make my career. And so in 2013, the opportunity opened up in Bryan County for me mm -hmm. to potentially lead the organization here, the Development Authority of Bryan County. I was blessed that I was chosen to lead the organization. So over the past 10 years, my primary objective has been to recruit industry to the community mm -hmm to create quality jobs and generate capital investment to diversify our tax base. And over those 10 years, approximately 30 industries have either located or expanded in Bryan County. 
So it's been a great run over the past 10 years. It's certainly been a team effort between the city, the county, the development authority, the school system. We've all been pulling in the same direction. And then back in 2014, I had the opportunity to collaborate regionally. Mm -hmm. And so in tandem with recruiting industry directly to Bryan County through just Bryan County resources, I had the opportunity to work regionally with some of my partners in Bullock, Effingham and Chatham County. Mm -hmm. And so we decided to form a four county regional development authority the name is the Savannah Harbor Interstate 16 Corridor Joint Development Authority. We're just going to call it the JDA for short from here on out. And so that JDA came together. We were marketing a site in Bryan County called the Bryan County Megasite. And we were working to attract a project of regional significance. And so from 2014 until 2021, we did not own and control the property that we were marketing. But fortunately, in 2021, with the support of Governor Kemp, we were able to purchase the Bryan County mega site. Locally, we put in some resources from a couple of the counties in the region, and then the state contributed a large sum of money for us to buy the property. We rezoned it and we made it a lot more marketable at that point. So that was in the summer of 2021. And lo and behold, in January 2022, we had a project of regional significance that came calling, and that turned out to be Hyundai. And in May of 2022, last year, we announced that Hyundai would be investing in an electric vehicle manufacturer and a battery manufacturing facility. And that project all in now is going to total $7.59 billion of investment and 8,500 jobs will be created on site in Bryan County. Now, what's awesome is in addition to that investment, we've also had about a dozen suppliers that have chosen to invest in our region, totaling right. around $2 billion now. So, that has been a tremendous project. As my colleague in Savannah, Tripp Tollison says, it's the Super Bowl. It's like winning the Super Bowl of economic development projects. And it certainly has been that. But it's required a lot of engagement, local, mm -hmm. regional and state. Um, some of the state partners that have been involved have included the Georgia Department of Economic Development, Georgia Department of Community Affairs, Georgia Department of Transportation, and of course, Governor Kemp and his staff. So. That's a long answer to your question about my path and, and where I'm at today, but I'm just super proud of us being able to attract that Hyundai Motor Group Metaplan America HMGMA project to our region because I know it's going to be transformational. Yeah. I mean, so hearing all the different organizations that needed to come together to make this happen, that's not surprising to me. And I guess it shouldn't be surprising me, but like it's interesting hearing you say that part of the path that led to that big Super Bowl victory started back in 2014 when all the different county and, and more local economic development organizations pulled their resources and started working on marketing a piece of land on unknown. So you're saying that was like a seven plus year journey. Is that what you're saying that led up to this? 
Absolutely. And in the beginning, we assembled ourselves because we pursued a couple of projects of regional significance. And we got pretty far along in the process without owning and controlling the property. But we knew that that could be a game changer for us. So when Governor mm -hmm. Kemp stepped up in 2021 and was able to help us buy that property, it really helped change the path and it allowed us to propel the the marketability of that property. Yeah. Plus really awesome. And, and uh, it's been cool to be a spectator for this. And so it's, it's, it's fun to get some, some inside baseball, but also just understand what we all need to know as, as a public community in this region on how this region is going to be impacted in a good way, but also all the work to be done. So yeah, for those who haven't been living under a rock, I've definitely mentioned it many times on the podcast about the nearly $10 billion in investment coming this way very soon, 15,000 jobs over the next several years. That's the great news. Um, with all of that opportunity, then comes a challenge and a lot of work to do. What What's the biggest challenge that this great Super Bowl win has created for this region? So the work certainly ramped up after the announcement. I mean, we thought leading mm -hmm. up to the Hyundai announcement that we had done an incredible amount of work, but little mm -hmm. did we know how much was in store for us. And you mentioned the numbers. Um, those just include HMGMA and the suppliers, but we've had other industries that have chosen to locate here over the past few years. And then additional companies are continuing to look at the market, mm -hmm. um, which is the awesome. ripple effect. Yeah. But we do have a, a lot of jobs that we need to fill, and that is a mm -hmm. challenge. And so we have made workforce a priority. So this year we hired through the JDA Wadley, Donovan, and Gutshaw. They're a leading mm -hmm. site selection consultant that focuses on workforce analysis. And mm -hmm. so they have guided our workforce development strategy. And so this is a combination of desktop demographic information based on the dynamics over the next 10 years or so. They've also taken survey data from industries in the region to see what they think. Um, and then they've provided us where, with a very robust workforce development plan. So mm -hmm. the good news is we've got that plan. Um, some of the components of the plan include some of the workforce gaps that we mm -hmm. need to look to focus on. Those include things like housing, transportation, education, the underrepresented pipeline, military, and childcare. Mm -hmm. So those are all parts of our workforce that we need to better study and come up with solutions. Um, one thing that was recommended in the study is that we need to have a coordinating entity to help mm -hmm. oversee the implementation of this plan. So. I'm excited to announce that I am going to be heading this initiative. It was formally announced last week at the Savannah Economic Development mm -hmm. Authority board meeting. So CETA will be funding this in the interim as we stand up the organization. And I will be joined on the team by my colleague, Justin Farquhar. He currently works with me at the Development Authority of Bryan County. So we will transition from the Development Authority of Bryan County at the end of this year and roll into the new workforce organization in the new year. We'll be joined by Jennifer Collins, mm -hmm. who is currently at the Savannah Economic Development Authority in a project management role. She will join us on the team. In addition to, we'll have support from Maria Whitfield, who is the Director of Workforce for the JDA, she's done a wonderful job over the past year helping our industries get comfortable with all the change that's coming to the region. And so we're so thankful to have her expertise as well. 
That's awesome. Yeah. So um, you talked about all the different dynamics of, of population and industries that we have to have that wide but also deep lens to address the workforce needs moving future uh, moving forward. It looks like it also created the job immediately that needed to be filled <laughs> and, and, and created the need for you and some of your teammates to to fill it to to really assess this long term uh, workforce uh pipeline needs. So that, that's where I want to take the rest of the conversation. Uh, before we get to break, I, I wanted to just talk a look at the the macro scale, because I know that when we're talking about the Savannah metro um, uh, area, let's just talk simple population for a second. At the Savannah metro, from what I've looked at from like census data and, and other sources, it's growing. It's a moderate sized region. Um, but as of now, the near term demand for labor is going to out outpace the supply soon i know that everybody's painfully aware of that how much do you think that's uh, just a simple bodies issue population versus specific skill sets lacking in terms of what's the bigger issue to tackle for uh, labor demands it's absolutely both so okay. one thing that was surprising i think to a lot of us that was revealed during the workforce study is that our military pipeline is being underutilized. We've got about mm -hmm. 3,500 soldiers between Fort Stewart and Hunter that are separating annually from the military. And those folks are cross-trained, they're computer literate, mm -hmm. they have a great work ethic and they make mm -hmm. tremendous employees. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about those 3,500 people, we believe on only about 35 to 40% of them currently are staying in the local area. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, which was very surprising to me, when surveying industry, they reported that only about 12% of their workforce is made up of former military. So I think there is a tremendous opportunity there to encourage more of the folks that are transitioning out of the military to stay, and then also to encourage more of them to work in industry, because I think there's definitely some intercept potential there. So mm -hmm. that's one thing in terms mm -hmm. of um, related to skills and, and making sure we keep that talent here in the region. Um, in addition, we know we have to do a better job of making connections with our high schools. Mm -hmm. um, we've got some high schools that are doing some pretty innovative things regarding working with industry, but we need to plus that up for sure because we know that we need to ensure that our students have the right skill sets in order to take these jobs that are going to be available within industry. And then we also know we've got issues like childcare and transportation that need to be addressed because currently there are barriers for people being able to enter the workforce. They're on the sidelines currently, and we need to get them back in the conversation and get them back in, in our industries working. And then finally, in terms of population, we're absolutely gonna have to bring people in from outside. Mm -hmm. um, through the study, it was identified that we need to target a couple of states. So we're gonna have a national marketing campaign to try to attract talent mm -hmm. to the area. The good news is we have a wonderful backdrop to sell our region. People absolutely love the Savannah region, especially this time of year, people that live in places like New York and Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, yeah. And so so uh, we've definitely been getting the snowbirds uh, for, for many a year to the Savannah region. Usually they're a retirement age and they're wanting to slow it down. So we want to do that same thing. Just get some young snowbirds that want to come bring their families and, and bring their talents and, and, and work skills. So I, I totally get that. I want to talk more about the the workforce development we have going across the coastal region. First, a quick message from today's episode sponsor, Soul Insights. This episode is sponsored by Soul Insights. Is your business looking to hit the next level of growth? For many businesses, they know they need to spend more on marketing, but don't want to simply shoot in the dark. They want a smart, data-driven path to solid growth. 
If this is you, then Soul Insights can help you to identify, attract, and retain ideal customers. Soul Insights is a strategic marketing agency which helps small and mid-sized businesses understand their best customers, who they are, their shopping behavior, and acquire new best customers based on that data. Oh, and it's all measured and tracked to ensure you get more profit bang for your marketing buck. Head to soulinsights.com right now and take the 90-second quiz to find your path to the next level. The Savannah JDEA, I'm not going to attempt to do the full name, although it makes perfect sense. Uh, in that workforce development plan, you talked about y'all got a plan. Um, I, it's publicly accessible. Uh, I went and looked at the plan from this year. The top occupational demands from what what I gathered were general laborers, uh, assembler, and, assembler and fabricator, forklift industrial truckers, and more, a lot of different needs that need to be filled. Over 20,000 folks with those skill sets d- demanded. Um, how far off is this labor pool from meeting those needs? That's a great question. So if you look at the chart in the study, you'll see that we're going to start running at a deficit by 2025. In fact, mm-hmm. in 2025, we're going to have a negative supply balance of 1,454 people, and we're going to continue to run at a deficit until 2031. Mm-hmm. Now, some years are going to have higher hiring demands than others. Yeah. And one thing that's important to note is these observations that were made were based on we do nothing. The good news is we have an awesome plan and we're going to start implementing that immediately. So our goal will be to try to help alleviate that deficit. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So with no action, you said starting in 2025, we'd have a 1,500 person deficit? Close to 1,500 person deficit. And then we're going to continue to run at a deficit until 2031. But that's if we do nothing. Right. And but you said like there there already is a game plan in terms of addressing you already addressed some of the pillars of the game plan is, you know, trying to keep those some of those talented uh, military vets here in coastal Georgia, providing more child care resources, making deeper partnership ties with the regional schools. There's a lot of different ways that we don't have to just sit back and run a deficit until more people move into the area, which is also another part of the solution. So it's going to be a very multi-pronged um, way to address these 20,000 plus demand at scale. Okay, that makes sense. Um, the same study and, and the plan, it also looks to regional employers. That's where maybe we're speaking to some of our audience members for Good Morning Market. Looks to regional employers to join the task force for labor force transformation. So to to your point, um, and as you're taking on this role of leading us, is how can regional employers be a part of the economic development labor solution? So this is absolutely going to be a collaborative effort, and our industries will be key to that. One thing I did want to note is that this is going to be bigger than that four-county JDA area. Mm -hmm. We anticipate that this could include as many as 20 counties eventually. And so it's going to be a a very much regional initiative. And so we're going to look to partner in addition to partnering with our employers, with people like our economic development organizations, our chambers of commerce, our nonprofits, our educators, military, government leaders, and many, many more. So there are a lot of people that we're going to bring to the table and have them participate in the conversation. But we know that our industries and our employers in the region are going to be key to the Mm -hmm. success of this because we're going to need their input in order Mm -hmm. to address these workforce gaps that we have um, Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day we're here for them we're here to serve them and to help ensure they have the workforce that they need
That makes sense. And I know you're early on, you haven't, you haven't even established the name of the organization that you'll be, you'll be heading up. Will that be a part of the, the purview of that organization is just to bring all these different um, players together to help coordinate those efforts to develop and bring in workforce? Yes, absolutely. And Maria Whitfield with the Savannah JDA over the past year, she's already started some of this work. Mm. Um, she's been actively having conversations and meetings with employers in the four county area, and she's been advising them on how to retain their talent as well to attract additional workforce. Of course, talking about pay is part of the conversation, mm -hmm. but she's also encouraging them to look at things like workforce culture and mm -hmm. how they can progress within the organization. And so we're very fortunate that we've had her as the boots on the ground to help some of this immediately over the past year. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause you, yeah, like you said, you have to work with these regional employers to create really the full package of you to keep talent and then bring in talent um, over the next many, many years to avoid that deficit projection that we see in the do no, the do nothing projections as it were. Um, so that's, you know, th this is really a roadmap that we're talking about going into 2024 all the way through, like you said, the early 2030s that you just surveyed for us. Let's just look at the, maybe the next two years, 2024, which is right around the corner, 2025. What is your main message to small and mid-sized employers uh, so we can all drive collective success over the next couple of years? Well, collective is a great word because it's going to take all of us working together in order to be successful. And there are going to be opportunities for our small to mid-sized businesses to absolutely be part of this process. There's room for everyone to succeed in the region. And we specifically want our small to mid-sized businesses to be very engaged because we know that it's those small to mid-sized businesses that are the backbone of our business community. Yeah, one hundred percent. And and I, I would I would gather that as much opportunity as there is nationally, still small businesses that are the majority of the employers across the nation. So if we have a workforce retention, the development need, your small and your mid sized businesses are going to be absolutely imperative to making that a reality. It's not just going to be your your military and your major universities and your largest you know manufacturing corporations. So it's going to be cool to see the entire uh, economic region. Uh, and like I said, even larger, when I say region, I think of, you know, a small handful of counties, it could be much, much larger than that all coming together to help us all be successful together. So really great conversation, Anna, you, you have, um, very thoroughly uh, addressed a lot of stuff that's out there in the future, and we don't really know exactly how it's going to shake out, but it's very comforting to know that there are people who, uh, grew up in this community who really care about the coast and really care about helping businesses of all shapes and sizes succeed and making this home uh, of ours all be more prosperous. So um, I guess I, I know I, I asked, I was going to ask this question thinking of Bryan County economic, but now we have a new horizon that we need to sneak preview. Um, how should folks follow what you're going to be doing in your new role, your new organization and get plugged into proper resources as that's available? So we are in the very early stages of rolling out this new workforce organization, as I mentioned. So my first day is January 2nd, and we've got a lot of work to do to include coming up with a name. But stay tuned. Follow us on social media through the Savannah Economic Development Authority, which is where our regional workforce organization will temporarily be housed. Mm -hmm. But also in the meantime, if you want to learn more about HMGMA and the suppliers and job opportunities within mm -hmm. the four county region, check us out at SavannahJDA.com. That's a great resource to learn more about what's going on in the four county area regarding industry. 
Beautiful. So what I'll do just for simplicity's sake, folks, you know, take a, take that plug, and then I will link in the show notes the JDA website. Um, Anna, a uh, a great uh, congratulations to you. That's really cool to be able to wrap the the season up with Christmas, and then in the new year you got a, a new uh, challenge to tackle. Um, of course, if you need anything, not uh, not that you would need anything from me, but let me know how I can help build our community together. But it's a great conversation, Anna. Um, I really enjoyed it. Merry Christmas, and uh, I look forward to seeing uh, what y'all do with the new team. Thank you so much, Philip. It's been a pleasure to spend time with you today, and I hope you and your family have a very ma- Merry Christmas. Take care. Thank you. That was a very exciting uh, conversation with uh, Anna, I, and I'm glad that uh, this podcast was able to bring to y'all, especially for those of you who live in the state of Georgia or live in the region. We hear all the the major uh, press releases about, okay, there's all this money coming. Okay, there's this plant coming down the road. What does that mean in practice, and what do we need to do to tro- properly execute it and actually make sure that this is a long-term success? I think that uh, Anna really pragmatically brought that to us and made it um, gave us a ground level view of the work to be done. There's a lot of work to be done. And like she said, she, she uh, let us know that these regional employers like your businesses perhaps uh, are going to be key players and working with these, these uh, organizations to make sure that this um, all of this stuff comes to fruition. So once again, check out um, uh, the Joint Development Authority website, which I've linked f- to get more information about what's happening with that over the next many years. And my main takeaway from that is that you know production is key. Um, it all comes back down to stuff getting made and people making stuff, right? So that's that's what the economy has been dealing with since before COVID. But during COVID, we really had a productivity hit, and we've really got to get our productivity um, up. And this is a great opportunity, uh, seeing what's happening in places like coastal Georgia with manufacturing, logistics, technology, business service. But you've got to make sure that you ramp up your your workforce, people in your community to be working. Um, there's there's encouraging news about workforce participation going up. You got to make sure you're developing your workforce. You'll be able to home grow the talent and import the talent where needed, um, not just across coastal Georgia, but but nationally. And if we can do that successfully in 2024, um, where there's anticipated to be some more economic slowdown, but if we can get our productivity right, that can help us address a lot of the debt leveraged, um, high debt levels that people and businesses and obviously the government have. So for those who actually want to be responsible and actually want to address um, solidifying some of these debt uh, situations, um, there is a good opportunity to do that when you first are, are improving your productivity and your workforce participation, your workforce development. That's what's looking to happen here in the coastal Georgia with all the economic opportunities that's coming this way. And I'm very excited and and think the future is bright um, for uh, the coastal region of Georgia, but also smart small businesses like like y'all who are uh, looking to do even better in 2024, as I'm sure we made a lot of strides in 2023. Speaking of 2023, that means that, that there's a wrap. This is a wrap for season three of Good Morning Market. 
Um, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I think that this season was our best season yet together. I was really excited about the, the caliber of guests that I was able to bring to you and some of the topics we were able to address. It was a great learning experience for me. So a lot of fun. To that point, you know, we got season four coming up right around the corner to be released in January of 2024. Um, we'll be kicking off um, during some of the downtime when I won't be doing new live episodes. We'll do um, some best of episodes from season three, specifically ones that are going to help y'all as you're fleshing out the details of your 2024 strategic plans. I'm going to re-release some of those key interviews that we did during season three um, from great leaders who are who, who uh, were able to touch on some of the, the really important strategy uh, points for y'all to reference as you're going through your January planning and February planning, et cetera, et cetera. But we need to quickly turn our attention once we get finished with those uh, handful of episodes to some new content for 2024. Um, I'm in the works right now and have been in the works on lining up my first guest for 2024. I always like to start off a season with some, some really heavy hitters and um, there's a event here in the Savannah area that I definitely think you should check out called the Grit Conference put on by the Creative Coast. It's been referenced on this podcast before. Um, I'm looking to uh, potentially line up a partnership with that event to get some of those guests. We're going to be at that uh, conference put in front of y'all first. Uh, looking forward towards that event and some some other really great guests that I'm going to get in front of y'all in early 2024. So a lot of stuff to... Uh, be looking forward to in season four of Good Morning Market. And thank you for joining me and staying along for the ride on this podcast as we're looking to um, empower small businesses and, and get better collectively. So congratulations on 2023. You made it. Let's let's do even bigger things here in 2024. And that one thing we'll need to remember as we go into 2024 and growing our businesses is that in order to lead your market, you must first hear and know your market.